What's good, everybody? This is Kimi and I'm back with my video today. Welcome to episode 54. Cinco y cuatro. Yes, you're getting two for one, like always. When I miss a week or a few days. So let's get into this entanglement. Let's get into good R&B music. And let's get into Miss Tamara Housewood. First and foremost, let's just get out and let's have a moment of silence for Naya Rivera. And I want to have another moment of silence for every other one that we've been losing this year. My condolences to Nyla's family, everyone else's family who lost someone, whether it was suicide, homicide, whether it was just an accidental murder or what have you or being murdered. I give you my condolences. Now let's get into Miss Jada Pickett, Will Smith, and Mr. August Alcina. And this entanglement. Let's let's get into it. My thoughts are simply I see it from both sides. A lot of people feel like Jada preyed on him. But after seeing her red table talk with Will and to see the state of their marriage and how their marriage was broken. Their marriage pretty much over. That's why they're not even like they don't consider themselves married anymore. They consider themselves life partners. Like you can be in the same house on your side with whoever you have and I'll be over here but we never we're not gonna divorce and I'm gonna leave each other. We end up together still. So with knowing all of these facts and knowing all of this information, I definitely feel like yes they both are to blame. I feel like of course, Jada was older, and August was broken, but we're not going to act like Jada wasn't broken. We're not going to act like Jada was not in a weak spot. She's been in an emotional weak spot for years now, since the loss of Tupac, which we still haven't digested, because we don't know all the tea. We just assume that they had a connection or a entanglement to begin with. But we don't fully know because she hasn't fully spoken on their relationship. They just know that there was love there. We don't have to date it or act like it. So I definitely felt like they both was broken. She just didn't realize how broken she was until she got into the entanglement with August. And with that being said, and just the fact that she felt like she was needed again. And I guess in the relationship that her and Bro had, at that particular moment, she was not needed, but she didn't feel needed, she didn't feel loved, she didn't feel like she was being touched, and just loved on the way she needed, but then it has to come from you, you have to really realize exactly what you need, and have that conversation that a lot of married people do not have, like, this talk was an eye-opener for hopefully a lot of married couples. So they can really deep dive and have this conversation that needs to be had. Because without them, you're going to 
be susceptible to the cheating or the the, the, skeptic, the skepticism of not being happy or not fully being present or just any of the things that the world has waiting for you. I also do feel bad with her, of course, being older and him being broken and coming to her as a mentor. I do see the lines that was crossed, but I don't believe that she meant to get into anything with him. But I think it was just a feeling of healing him, which was in Invert, invertly healing herself but I don't think they realized or he realized that she was still never going to leave her, her husband they might have been on the brink of divorce they might have been on the brink of anything but this is the father of her kids they are not on the same page at this particular moment but I don't think he realized that she was not going to ever break up with him. So I feel like they both have some blaming. They both have something to blame. If they have if they want to blame something, they need to look at themselves and look at exactly what they brought out of the situation. Because not for nothing, she was broken as well. And the people who's having all these stuff and conversations about it, like, Make sure that your backyard is perfectly clear before you want to talk about someone else. It's marriage. Anywho, let's get into this wonderful music that we've been having. Like, a lot of this R&B music, like, for men, I really felt like R&B was dead. And this year, even though it has been, like, the worst year, you know, to men, with the pandemic, with the killing of black lives, of our black lives, and just everything else on top of it. This president doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. It's just a lot. It's really a lot going on. But within that, we've been getting a lot of great music, like timeless pieces that we haven't gotten in a while. And I'm just so ecstatic and so happy to finally be able to digest and dive into some music. Especially even some new artists that I never would have thought I would have listened to. Like, I know you probably heard my review on Kalani's album. It was good till it wasn't. That is a dope album. And please, please, please go out and go check that out. Because that was everything. Like, I really felt it. I wasn't even going through anything at that time. But then, you know how some artists might make you feel like you need to be going through something? Like, that album with everything. I cannot even front. And then, I know I haven't fully digested, or I haven't told y'all about my experience with Kalana Lede, or Kiana Lede, I think that's how you pronounce it. Her album that she just put out? Amazing. And I know my friend, Shaquem, always was trying to promote her and put her on and stuff like that because he's seen her in tours but I was not trying to hear it because I have a thing about new artists and trying to really digest new artists and not getting the same quality that I feel like I should be getting because I just missed the 90s like 
but I'm not going to get 90 music in the 2000, in the 2020 world. I know that. But Kiana Lede, she killed that album. You need to go get it. I don't remember the album offhand, but it is definitely in heavy rotation. I was how I listen to my music. And it's just, her voice is just so soothing and buttery. It's just so, I haven't heard a voice like hers in a while. I can say that. She's very different. And I just cannot wait to see what else she brings to the table. And then, of course, you have Miss Tiana Taylor, who just knocked it out the motherfucking park because she knew she had to. She knew, even though her last album was small, it was a great body of work, but she wanted more songs in here. And she wanted to give you different stages of her life, different emotions. And whatever you may be feeling, so then you can go to a different studio if you don't listen to the whole project. Since it is so long, because she understands that a lot of people don't listen to big, long projects. And she going to tell her she killed it. Lastly, Miss Chloe and Miss Allie. Like, some of my albums are the hardest albums to make. Because you're always trying to recreate, like, success that you had. To get to the second album, because not everyone gets the second album, but the success that you have from the first album. You don't want to necessarily be creative, but you want to go on that same path. And y'all completely turned that shit completely over. You changed the game in I don't know how many ways thus far this year. You made females singers want to sing again. Like, really use their octave, really use their voice, really. <laughs> Take those motherfucking notes with simplicity and with ease. And this year, how adult you became, how you, how much you just grew in front of our eyes, it's still just mind blowing. Because I'm like, wow, but these are the same girls I'm just so used to singing pretty hers. Wow, y'all grew right in front of our eyes, and then it is amazing to see how much mature you've gotten, how much elegant and crafty you got within your craft and how much you have Beyonce ask to you but you still have you you still have that a different aspect to you but you still have the aspect of oh you thought I was done I'm not done with the BET Awards for um do it and forgive me. I seen Beyonce in there. I seen Dusty Child in there. I was so ecstatic to see the elements of the two versions of yourself. The forgive me aspect and then the do it aspect, the black aspect and the white aspect, and then you just battled. I got lose my breath vibes. And I don't know if that's what you were going for, but if so, you nailed it on the nose. And just how creative, like, they said, give us a concept, you got three minutes, and you gave us that, and I don't think that your girls are seeing you, and now that you're dancing more, and you're really going in, the skies is the limit for you, boo-boo, like, y'all are going to be something, and I hope y'all get all the accolades that y'all need to get from this album, because it is well-deserved. And if you do not, it is okay. Because a lot of people still are asleep. And once they wake up, 
and you get everything off that next album. I mean, you want to sweep the whole motherfucking ball. They're like, ooh, Chloe who? Howie who? Huh. Yeah, stop playing with them. So, last but not least, let's get into Miss Tamara Mori. Leaving the rail. And how I feel. And since we're Tamara, let's go into Amanda Sales real quick. Because I haven't really spoke about this. I feel like, for Amanda, I definitely feel like they picked her because she was problematic. And not necessarily problematic in the terms of what she's saying. I think it's her aspect of how she's saying it. And the aspect of... This is going to get viewerships. This is going to get a black market again. Because I felt for a while, I guess, these are black women who is headlining this or co-hosting this show. But I feel like they were still catering a little to the white audience, to the white audience, as they should, and as every talk show should. They lost the essence a little bit. I feel like they lost the essence, and not for nothing, once Tamar was fired. Even though I did not like Tamar, because I felt like she was portrayed as, or this was just her as the other black girl. And yes. I guess you do need that to show all dynamics and all varieties of the black experience in the black woman. But I felt like she was trying too hard to be the ghetto black girl. And I did not like it. And then when that happened and she got fired, it didn't help the show. And then it was four of them. Then it was Tamara, Adrian, Lonnie, and Jeannie. And for years after that, it's just been the four of them, and they've been holding it down, but it still hasn't had the same essence that it had when it first came out. And I was skeptical, I'm like, okay, I still like it, but it's still not giving me what I need. And what I, I need it to, like, really be real. It's called the real. I really need it to be real. I really need it to deal with black issues. I really need, like, that's reason why you have a all-black cast is to deal with the black issues and the black experience. Yes, we might say that Jeannie's not black, but if it's white and colored, she's colored, but she's black. She is, she has an African black in her, just like Adrian. She's Latina, but her, her experience is still the black experience. So however you look at it, I just felt like they lost the essence. And then I'm like, okay, yes. I was confused with them picking Amanda, but then I understood. They're trying to get that audience back. And I'm here for it. But then, with knowing how Amanda already is, I was confused how you thought that you was going to put her statements in a box. Or basically make it seem like she can't have all the opinions that she has. But that's why you hired her. To be that voice. But once you try to dumb down her her opinions and make it seem like you can't say everything that she wants to say, it's a problem. So I understood why she left after six months. Only six months. Like they had five pet, five um, co-hosting in. And now Miss Tamara decided to go as well. 
and I'm heartbroken about it because now I feel like Tamara still had an essence of Tamara played in a very important role. The role that she really played was the biracial aspect of the black experience. How, yes, you're mixed, but you still have to deal with your white aspect or your white side, and you still have to deal with your black side. You still have to deal with the aspect of not being black enough or neglecting your black side or all of these aspects that a biracial person would deal with. Unless she's intelligent on top of that. Like, she would definitely be missed on the show. And honestly, without her, I don't see the real going on for many more seasons. I think this might be the last season. And honestly, if I was the rest of the co-host, like, I know why they didn't leave when... Tamar got fired because it was still her fault why she got fired. It was her actions during and after taping why she got fired. And we know that that was the biggest reason. Whether you want to believe something else or not, that's up to you. But I can say that's why she got fired because of her professionalism. And to see Tamara leaving, I would rather than just quit together. Look, the, the rail had six, seven years. We made some changes in daytime TV. We got our Emmy. We had conversations that needed to be had. We spoke to people that we, need, we needed to speak to, that the world needed to see, that whether it being put on our televised or other talk shows, we gave them the outlet. I guess the conversations that we had opened up a lot of worms and push the needle for a lot of conversations to be had. So we did what we came out to do. But if Tamara's not there, I can't be part of it. Because I feel like the three people that's left is not strong enough to hold it down. They don't have the dynamic enough to do that. And honestly, I don't want it to be another change of co-host. Because it's not going to jar right. It's not going to be authentic. Like, them getting Amanda was cool, but I felt like it wasn't authentic. Because now you're just picking someone because they had a few lines on a few of the episodes that they co-hosted or tried to co-host before becoming a co-host. Which is cool because I guess you felt like you have to find that fifth person. But they was okay with the four people. Like, they got the ratings. Like, they did everything that they needed to do. But without Tamara, I'm sorry. But I would just have to say, in the world, you have to... You have to just... Leave. You have to resign. And just don't come back. And let it stand what it was. Instead of letting your legacy of the world turn into something horrible and ugly and disgusting. Because there are clearly things happening in the writer's room, in terms of production, in terms of management, in terms of a lot of things. And the network, obviously, that you're dealing with. That's why Amanda did not want to sign back on and come back. And I definitely understood that. However, comma, I feel like with these being said, I think if 
the Lester Fall hosts stay. They're just promoting the aspect of, oh, it's okay. But then you're going to mess up your legacy. And a lot more stuff is going to come out about a lot of whether be the co-host, the real aspect of the co-host, and just the dirty secrets that happen on television shows. And I'm quite sure that I don't want that as production to come out. So I'd rather y'all just scrap the show off together and just let it go out with fame and that's it. Well, this was episode 54 of Community Seas Channel. Thank you for listening. And definitely like and tell a friend to tell a friend. Listen, listen in groups. And let me know if you feel like what I'm talking about. If you want me to talk about something else, let me know. And let's dive in and let's digest. And let's really have this real conversation that needs to be had about music, about current events, about my community, about the LGBTQIA plus community, about the black experience, about pretty much everything that is important that needs to have it, that needs to change that needs the conversation to start to build change and let's get into it thank you for listening laters